Transfer portal season is never over in the modern college basketball era, and a big-time mid-major guard just became available in Boogie Coleman out of Ball State. Will the Zags pursue him? Let's discuss. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. Happy August, folks. The podcast, just so you all know, is going to be a little less frequent in August and September. It is my off season here, but we're still going to have two to three, sometimes four, maybe five episodes per week. So it's not much of an off season, but wanted to give you all the update there. Today's show, we're going to touch on the report of a, quote, unhappy camper in the Pacific Northwest, uh, why we don't think it's somebody at Gonzaga, but why we think it could be relevant to Gonzaga if said player re-enters the transfer portal. We're also going to have an update on Mark Few and what he's up to this week with Team USA. But first, we got to talk about Boogie Coleman. Because on August 1st, folks, August 1st, players are still entering the NCAA transfer portal. It is truly the wild, wild west of college athletics. It has been talked about so much. Now it is being talked about in a political situation, which is never the most fun thing that happens in college athletics. But occasionally uh, leadership gets involved, and that's the case here with NIL and with transfer portals and everything that's going on in college athletics. But what we're seeing is more roster movement than ever before. Boogie Coleman enters the transfer portal after completing all of his credits to officially graduate. Because he has then graduated and is now a graduate transfer, he can enter the portal at any time. Ball State released a statement basically saying, we're not thrilled about the timing of Boogie Coleman leaving the program, but we wish him the best of luck. I can understand their frustration because not only is Boogie Coleman leaving the program on August 1st, which is really tough from a roster management perspective, you can't really replace a player like that at that point, but this is also his second time in the last three years leaving Ball State. He began his career there. He's a six foot five guard from Indianapolis, started his career at Ball State, spent two years there, transferred to Mizzou, played one year at Mizzou in the SEC, transferred back to Ball State for his senior year, and is now once again hitting the transfer portal. So should Gonzaga get involved? That's the main question here. Six foot five guard, again, we'll go through some of his numbers briefly here, uh, was very good right away. As a true freshman, played about 26 minutes per game, averaged nine points, five boards, three assists, about 33% from deep. Sophomore year ran into some injury issues, only played 13 games, started 10 of them. But he did have about 14 points per game, about five boards, a little over three assists that season. And then we saw him transfer to Mizzou. And I think it's important to look at how players do when they transfer up a level. And I know it was one of the knocks on Jose Perez, a, a often discussed Gonzaga target who ended up staying at West Virginia rather than transferring yet again. He didn't perform all that well at Marquette and most of his collegiate production came at Gardner Webb and at Manhattan. So there was a bit of concern of like, is this a guy who can even play at the high major level? I suspect we will be proven it, it will be proven that he can. I think he's going to have a solid year at West Virginia. But the point is, you want to see if you're looking at a player as a fit for Gonzaga or anywhere, you want to see that they've proven they can play at that level because it's always a risk if they haven't. For Boogie Coleman, 
he was pretty good at Mizzou. He transferred to Mizzou. He immediately played 29 minutes per game. That's more minutes than he played in either of his first two seasons at Ball State. You don't see guys transfer up and then play more very often. His numbers did take a slight dip, eight and a half points per game, 3.4 rebounds, 2.8 assists. He was a little less efficient, about 43.5% on two-pointers, which is not great, about 30% on three. So there was a bit of a dip, but he was still a productive player still playing big minutes for an SEC school. But he ultimately decided he wanted to go back to Ball State, transferred there again for his senior season last year, and had the best season of his collegiate career. 34 and a half minutes per game, 14 points, five rebounds, four assists, 1.3 steals, shot 40% from two. Again, not a particularly efficient score around the rim, but this last season he did shoot 35% from three. So we saw a player emerge as more of an outside scoring threat, still a scoring threat in general, even on the interior, although again, not a particularly efficient one. He then hits the portal again, like we said on August 1st, Uh, a guy that I think kind of proved that he has the ability to play at that level. But the question will be now, who's going to be interested? Who needs to make another addition to their roster? We know Gonzaga has two open scholarships. We also know that many programs, many, many, many premier programs have open scholarships. A lot of teams are choosing to not fill their entire roster right now, in part because of players like this, because players become available at the last minute. In some situations, it's to potentially use a scholarship on a walk-on, which is something that I suspect Gonzaga may do if they don't fill these spots. Uh, Sometimes it's to to land a late class of 2023 player or even an international player. We just saw Kentucky landed uh, a 7'2 center from Europe, and we know UCLA just added a Demara, another international player as well. And, of course, Gonzaga has been involved in international players uh, in the very recent past, so certainly could be an option for those scholarships as well. But... A lot of teams don't have a lot of room, so the ability for Coleman to move around is a, is a bit more limited than it would have been had he had he managed to do this a month or two or three or four months ago if that had been something that he had been wanting to do. Regardless, a few schools that stand out to me as potential options here, West Virginia still has a fair amount of scholarships to fill if they believe that Coleman could contribute to their squad. He's somewhat similar to Jose Perez, so they may not want to add another player uh, at a similar position. Again, West Virginia also added Raekwon Battle in the transfer portal, who was a high-level scoring guard at a mid-major level last year at Montana State. So may not, may not be an obvious need for him there, but they need bodies after losing a lot of players. And certainly uh, going from Ball State to West Virginia would be a boost for Coleman if he thought he could carve out some playing time there. New Mexico State has been very involved in recent transfers. They uh, had a disastrous season last year. Their season ended up getting canceled in February because their head coach and the entire staff got uh, ultimately fired eventually uh, for significant hazing allegations. There was a, a gun incident on that campus as well, just all sorts of problems at New Mexico State. And they have to put together a roster and adding somebody like Coleman to a program that is joining Conference USA would, would be a really nice boost for them. And then again, Coleman's from Indiana. So I think you got to focus on some of those Indiana schools and see if maybe he would want to play close to home. Butler, uh, again, another school that might make some sense here. They did add a ton of guards in the transfer portal, but by my count, they've lost eight players. They've gained six. So depending on what they're bringing in from a uh, a incoming freshman class, I I think there's an opportunity here for, for Butler to make an addition. And then Notre Dame, 
Notre Dame lost J.J. Starling to Syracuse. They lost Cormac Ryan to North Carolina. That was their starting backcourt last year. They did make some additions in the portal, but I think they could use some more help. And certainly it's hard for any player to turn down the appeal or the allure of playing at Notre Dame, even if uh, you know they're not exactly a premier basketball powerhouse, certainly not right now. Although new coaching staff there, Micah Strewsbury taken over out of Penn State could help turn things around for the Irish. In terms of what his role would look like at Gonzaga, should they be interested, which, of course, we do not know, I should clarify, uh, he very recently entered the portal. We, we don't know if, if any schools have reached out to him yet as I'm recording this. By the time you're listening, perhaps a list has come out. But Gonzaga has been interested in players like this in the past, so it stands to reason that they would continue to be interested in him or in this, in Coleman specifically going forward. He's, again, a six foot five guard. Uh, he would be the third guard on this roster behind Ryan Nemhart and Nolan Hickman. In my mind, uh, he'd probably play a role somewhat similar to the role that Gonzaga had uh, viewed as an option for Jose Perez, for Jeremiah Williams, who transferred to Rutgers, for Joe Toussaint, for Paul Mulcahy. Uh, those guys that they pursued in the portal about a month ago weren't able to land any of them. Eventually, of course, landed Marcus Adams Jr. as kind of a replacement for Alex Tui, but they never really replaced that Malachi Smith role. Perhaps Dusty Stromer will step into that role. Uh, perhaps Jun Sakio will be ready to play more minutes at the three, which could slide Steel Venters down to the two, which gives them more depth in the guard room. But if they want to really replace Malachi, their options available to them right now are have basically dried up, but Coleman is kind of the sort of player that could work there. He's a veteran guy. He's in his final year of eligibility. And he wants to play one more year with a chance to compete in the NCAA tournament, make a Sweet 16 run, Elite 8 run, etc. Gonzaga's had plenty of players like this in the past. Malachi Smith was basically this. Rasir Bolton spent two years at Gonzaga, but effectively the same type of player. Admon Gilder, Ryan Woolridge. Like these are the kind of players that Gonzaga has landed in the transfer portal in the past. The big question for Coleman is how he translates defensively. Can he be a lockdown perimeter defender for Gonzaga? If he's coming off the bench, can he come in and straight up lock down guys like Tyler Robertson? You know, guys like uh, Mongolian Mike, the new point guard at San Francisco, who's going to be a load. He's going to be a difficult player for teams to handle. Aiden Mahaney at St. Mary's. Like, can he come in and do good, play good defense on those guys? Because that's a key thing that Gonzaga is missing from the roster right now. You lose Hunter Salas, that really hurts. Even Smith and Bolton, losing those two guys, veteran guys who knew how to play defense at this level. So if the Zags feel that Boogie Coleman can be a defensive presence while being at least an adequate three-point shooter off the bench, I think you got to make the call. you got to use one of those scholarship spots, bring in a guy who can fit into that rotation a little bit. Yeah, it cuts into Dusty Stromer's minutes. Maybe cuts into June Sakyo or even Steel Venters' minutes, depending. Maybe cuts into Nolan Hickman's minutes. Who knows uh, exactly how this could shake out? But I think you, if you have an opportunity to add a guy who can contribute in that way, I think you got to at least make the call and give him a look. Well, reports have surfaced that there's a transfer who is an unhappy camper in the Pacific Northwest. Who might it be? What might it mean for Gonzaga? All that coming up after a word from today's sponsor, LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you can have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It is so easy to create a free job post, and then you just add the job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. 
Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and ultimately hire. And let's be honest, the right team member can have a positive and measurable impact on your business. This is why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That is linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Folks, I want to thank all of you for making Locked On Zags your first listen or your first watch of the day. Shout out to those everyday listeners checking us out on YouTube as well. We got one more fun show coming your way later this week. We're going to talk more conference realignment, what it could look like for Gonzaga, and explore some maybe alternative or unique options in the realignment space. Uh, before we get to that, though, we got to continue our conversation here looking at the very late but still active transfer portal. We talked about Boogie Coleman in that first segment. Here we're going to talk about a report that came out on Twitter from Twitter user Trilly Donovan. Those of you who have been on Twitter, have been active on Twitter this offseason, you probably know who Trilly Donovan is, or at least you know about the account. Nobody actually knows who Trilly Donovan is, but it is an account that has a lot of success of making predictions or getting sourced information about transfers teams that might be involved in players that Trilly Donovan the account was who kind of broke that Ryan Nempard was actually leading Gonzaga and not Arizona I believe that they also broke the Graham EK news as well although that had been kind of teased prior to that regardless this is somebody who is a somewhat reliable source in this industry at this point tweeted out a couple days ago I believe it was on uh, Monday, maybe on Sunday, that uh, I'm just going to read the quote directly. Quote, rumors of an unhappy camper at his new home in the Pacific Northwest per multiple sources, hearing his former school close the doors behind him too. So when this report came out, a lot of people speculated that it was Marcus Adams Jr. at Gonzaga. Of course, Marcus Adams already comes with that kind of negative reputation, having left Kansas in an abrupt way, the way that he did. I want to be clear. By all accounts, it does not appear that this is Marcus Adams Jr. Marcus Adams Jr. signed with Gonzaga, and it was reported less than an hour after this tweet came out. Don't see why that would have happened if he was truly unhappy in that situation. Um, I've seen some speculation that it is him. I've seen some speculation that it's other players at Gonzaga. None of it really makes sense. People have tried to link it to Ryan Nempard because like, Creighton added Stephen Ashworth in the portal. It's not Ryan Nempard. I would be absolutely stunned stunned if it was Ryan Nembhard, it's not Graham EK why on earth would Wyoming not want him back if that was the situation I don't it's not steel venters like the player that this is I, let's just let's cut to the chase for those of you on YouTube you've probably already seen it because it's written on the side of your screen the player that this is likely referring to is Paul Mulcahy Paul Mulcahy Rutgers transfer was a High-level target for Gonzaga and many other very high-level programs were interested in Paul Mulcahy. Mulcahy ultimately transferred to Washington, and it was a surprise. People did not expect that to be his landing spot, especially because Washington had already landed Severe Wheeler in the transfer portal out of Kentucky. Severe, Severe Wheeler is about five foot nine, five ten, maybe very small point guard, very active, uh, good, great passer good at getting to the rim, but the fit between Severe Wheeler and Paul Mulcahy, especially in a zone defense setting at Montlake, 
was odd. People immediately were like, this doesn't seem like it's going to work. UW has added a fair amount of talent to their roster this offseason. In addition to Mulcahy and Wheeler, they also had Moses Wood, six foot eight kind of stretch four from the University of Portland, who's a very, very good player. They add Anthony Holland from Fresno State, who is also very good, but the pieces don't really seem like they're going to fit all that well. And, and there's not a ton of confidence in Mike Hopkins as a head coach. And frankly, there shouldn't be uh, based on his track record. He's had some decent seasons, but things haven't been great for UW basketball the last few years even longer than that, quite honestly. But I think that it seems like Mulcahy would make a lot of sense here. Rutgers also made additions. They recently added Jeremiah Williams, who was one of the last known targets for Gonzaga in the transfer portal. So if Rutgers adds Williams, they added a transfer from UMass as well, Noah Fernandez, they may be done with Paul Mulcahy. And they so that kind of makes the sense that the doors are closed for him to return to Rutgers and he may not be super happy at Washington. There's some rumors that NIL plays a role here. I've seen some some conversation that he he got a pretty big bag of money and is now unhappy there, whether it's because he isn't getting paid out all the way or because he it's just not a good fit for him. Who who knows the entire situation? I don't want to speculate too much until we actually get some concrete data here. But if it is Paul Mulcahy. And if he does choose to re-enter the portal, which he can do as a graduate transfer, he has the ability to leave Washington and look for another program. The Zags are going to get involved again. And by all accounts, Gonzaga seemed to be one of the front runners for Mulcahy before he chose Washington. I don't know that for a fact, but it seems plausible that Gonzaga would be straight, would be back in the running to land Paul Mulcahy if he chooses to leave Washington. We won't speculate too much more on this until we actually hear something concrete, but some reminders on who Paul Mulcahy is. He's a six foot six point guard, big guard. That is very fun. It's something Gonzaga doesn't really have. They have Dusty Stromer. He's a tall guard. He's a very thin guard and he is a true freshman. I don't know how much Mark Few wants to play him in year one. I have a lot of confidence and belief in Dusty Stromer being a premier Gonzaga player. I'm not as sold that that's going to happen in year one. So if you bring in somebody like Mulcahy, who fits the bill, who is a similar size to Dusty Stromer, you get a mentor for him. How could Dusty Stromer possibly not want to get a chance to learn from Paul Mulcahy and Ryan Nembhard? Man, that is an incredible group of point guards to be in front of you. Mulcahy averaged about eight and five last year at Rutgers, not elite numbers. The five assists is pretty darn impressive. He also shot 37% from three. In a third guard role for Gonzaga, Paul Mulcahy would thrive. It's really easy to see what his role would look like and how he would be such a key piece. He'd probably play more off the ball. I expect Ryan Nembhard to play big, big minutes for Gonzaga next year. And I don't think Ryan Nembhard is going to spend a lot of time on the floor in an off ball role. So Mulcahy probably shifts to more of a combo guard role, steals some minutes from Nolan Hickman, steals minutes from Dusty Stromer, potentially takes some minutes from Steel Venters as well, depending on how it all shakes out, similar to what we were talking about with Boogie Coleman. But if the Zags could land Mulcahy, my word, this team would be absolutely stacked next season. Again, he's not even in the portal yet, so it is very, very speculative at this point. He may never enter the transfer portal. It, this may be a non-story, but it is something to at least cautiously keep our eyes on as Gonzaga fans. And if he does enter the portal, if he does make himself available again, trust me, we're going to talk a lot more about Mulcahy because quite honestly, Gonzaga is going to be really involved and it seems like there's a decent chance 
that his next move is going to be a lot smaller than his move from Rutgers to Washington. He might just move across the state a little bit. Well, we're going to close out the show discussing Mark Few's role with Team USA, who are starting their practices this week in Las Vegas. All of that coming up right after this. Segment three here, still Andy Patton, still Locked On Zach's podcast, switching away from talking about some transfers, one who is available in the transfer portal in Boogie Coleman, one who is not yet available in Paul Mulcahy, but who could potentially become available considering the rumors about his uh, potential distaste with Washington right now. Regardless, we're moving away from those topics to talk about Mark Few. Mark Few is an assistant coach for the 2023 FIBA World Cup and 2024 Olympic teams for Team USA. He is once again involved with Team USA at the Olympic level. This is not his first time being involved with USA basketball. He was a assistant coach for the 2018 USA national team minicamp. He was an assistant coach for the 2019 USA select team and the 2021 USA select team. He's had some other involvement with Team USA as well, but right now he will be an assistant coach for, again, that 2023 FIBA World Cup and the 2024 Olympic squad. The other coaches on that stack are on that list is a really, really stacked group of coaches. Steve Kerr, of course, the head coach of the Golden State Warriors. Eric Spolstra, shout out University of Portland graduate Eric Spolstra, who is, of course, the longtime head coach of the Miami Heat, as well as former Los Angeles Clippers head coach Tyron Lue. All of those guys are going to be coaches alongside Mark Few, with this Team USA roster. They're starting practices this week in Las Vegas. And I wanted to read the quote here from Mark Few talking about why he wants to get involved and how he feels about getting involved with this year's team. This quote is from back in February when he first got invited to do this. So it's an old quote, but one we haven't shared on Locked on Zags, and I think a fun one. Here it is. I feel this is as high of an honor as you can get when you're coaching. To represent your country and to be able to do it with the greatest players and coaches in the world is truly special. I've worked with USA Basketball all these years. They are an incredible group of people, and I'm so grateful for this opportunity. Being a part of USA Basketball is something I've really enjoyed doing. It's been a great professional development piece for me, and I am very excited for this. Hard not to be. You know, I think if, if you're, you know, being a head coach at a program that makes for the Final Four, makes the National Championship, leading a program like Gonzaga, I mean, you've reached so many pinnacles, you know, and you could, people could say, oh, you know, he hasn't coached at a, a high major program. He hasn't been an NBA coach or whatever, but like to lead a program like Gonzaga from irrelevance to incredible brand recognition, to also be a longtime member of team USA's coaching staff. I mean, that's about as high as you can get. Like that's about the pinnacle that you can reach um, for, for Mark few. And that's kind of what he's saying here. Like this is as high of an honor as I can get, you know, and certainly he'd probably want to head coach the team, but, but what an accomplishment for Mark few to be in this position to be in these conversations, to be coaching these players. Do you guys know the roster for Team USA? It's not like LeBron and, uh, you know, all those premier elite talented players necessarily, but it is a really good young group of premier NBA players, starting with Paolo Bancaro for the Orlando Magic, of course, Michael Bridges with Brooklyn, Jalen Brunson, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Jaron Jackson Jr., Cameron Johnson, Walker Kessler, Bobby Portis, and Austin Reeves. So again, a, a very, very talented roster of, of significant NBA stars. Uh, they have a five-man alternate roster as well for guys who could replace 
uh, who could be replaced and added onto that roster if need be. Chet Holmgren is on that uh, that kind of alternate roster. So, of course, somebody that Gonzaga and Mark Few have a lot more familiarity with. But it's uh, still really cool to see Mark get a chance to work with these guys. Um, in terms of how it impacts Gonzaga, hard to say. Uh, again, uh, anytime you're away from your team and doing something else, especially in the modern era, you're just away from the team. You know, Gonzaga's pursuit of Boogie Coleman or re-pursuit of Paul Mulcahy may not have to may have to happen with Mark Few, you know, making virtual calls from Las Vegas or even in Spain, where they're ultimately going to go after this upcoming week. So is that a big deal? Not necessarily. I think for Mark Few, doing this and getting this opportunity is is more important than some of that stuff. And Gonzaga's assistant coaches can do some of that recruiting. And again, I don't think they expected to still be trying to add to the roster in August. That is the nature of the beast in college basketball in the year 2023. Uh, first game for Team USA is August 7th at T-Mobile Arena. Then they head to Spain. They will also spend some time in Abu Dhabi as well. Again, very cool to see this. Uh, maybe, you know, and we talk about what it means for Gonzaga in, in more of a negative light, but, you know, Palo Bancaro knows people who are still in college. Walker Kessler probably knows people who are still in college. Like, from a transfer portal perspective, Mark Few making connections with these players. It doesn't hurt. Mark Few, of course, already had connections with Palo Bancaro. He recruited him out of high school. Like, they've known each other for a really long time. There are certainly other players on this roster that Mark Few has known for a long time, whether from recruiting them, whether from previous Team USA experience, whether from just being premier known people in the basketball world. It's, you know, I think Mark Few has made connections to as many people as he possibly can, but connections never hurt. Never hurts. Who knows? Two years from now, a year from now, uh, a month from now, a player could enter the transfer portal that played with Bancaro in high school, you know, or played with him in a, on a select team in some capacity. Perhaps that helps Mark Few and the staff make a, make a connection there. You never know. You never know. Those things could absolutely happen. But uh, I'm excited for Mark Few. It's always cool to see him get this opportunity. And I think once again, uh, we're going to see him have a lot of fun with this team and hopefully bring back some of the stuff that he learned from Kerr and from Lou uh, and from Spolstra and bring it back to, to Gonzaga's basketball team this, this upcoming season as they prepare for what should be another fantastic year in Spokane. All right, that is going to do it for me today. Again, I'll be back Friday with some more conference realignment conversation. Really looking forward to that show. It should be a very fun one. So check it out. Wherever you get your podcasts, of course, you can also find the show on YouTube. Go hit that subscribe button if you have not done so yet. Thank you all for listening. And until next time, as always, go Zags.